Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. This is episode 100, a crazy milestone for me. Um, so as a treat to you guys today, I asked Blair Kim of the When I Grow Up podcast to come and be kind of the host for today's episode, to be able to ask me questions um, about podcasting and other things. And I've decided for today's episode only that I would be as raw and unfiltered as I possibly could be. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for 100 episodes. And I hope you enjoy this episode and all other episodes. Hey guys, um, my name is Blair Kim and I am the podcast host for a podcast called When I Grew Up. And today I'm here with my friend David, who actually I feel like is somewhat of a mentor to me in the <laughs> podcast world. Um, but hey, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast, David Shin, your oh. podcast. <laughs> I hope they hear this. Welcome. Thank you. I've never <laughs> been welcomed to, to this podcast before, so feels different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be here. Um, so you guys, David... Um, this is your 100th podcast episode. Yes. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, from one, you know, I'm a amateur podcaster. I'm only on like episode 37 or something. But um, I like, I would imagine it feels like you did something. No? Like, don't you feel like, man, 100 episodes? Yeah. Yeah. I think... I don't know if I ever had the goal of getting to 100, um, but being here, it's like, whoa, like, I have been podcasting, huh? Like, there's like something I've I've done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about that a little bit more, but um, so I, to be honest, you guys, I'm not entirely sure, you know, how I want it to talk about things during this episode. But David mentioned to me that he just wanted to do something different for, for his 100th episode. Um, so, you know, I feel like we should maybe talk about podcasting in general and then whatever comes up along the way, we'll just chat. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, question number one, David. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are some... I mean, podcasting is a lot of fun, I feel like, but there are challenges that come with podcasting. Um, have you felt that in any way? Or what are some of the things that you feel like have been challenging in this journey of podcasting? Yeah, um, so I, I mentioned this to Blair um, right before we started recording, but I, I feel like people who are really close to me and they listen to my podcast and think, oh, that David seems a little bit different. and I think I would imagine because I feel myself actively filtering myself a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we talk about certain things, I oftentimes I have kind of unpopular opinions. Um, and I think that just comes from a um, very curious place. I'm curious about a lot of things. So mm -hmm. when I think through certain things, I get to a point where I think, oh, like other people wouldn't appreciate me maybe thinking this way. Um, but I'm like afraid to ask people like, Hey, like I, this is the way I'm thinking. Like, what do you think? I'm, I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of afraid to, uh, actually put that out there to people. So, um, be, because I am that way, when I do podcasts, um, I find myself restraining myself from 
getting to areas that people might consider kind of unpopular. Um, like people tell me that they enjoy the I hope they hear this podcast because a lot of times it's, you know, raw and vulnerable. But all of that 100% comes from my guests. Like, I don't think that's really supplied by me because I'm not super raw and, and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But I made the decision to be today. So um, maybe people will see a truer side of me today. <laughs> so, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's a little difficult um, because of that. Um, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, am I, I don't really care too much about my own image, but when a guest is on, I want to make absolutely sure that I'm not tarnishing their image in any way. Um, so there have been instances where I would edit out small clips because I see the potential of it being misinterpreted. Um, so those things are, are, I think, the most difficult, always being mm-hmm. on, on alert and on guard. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you um, sometimes edit out small clips in order to either protect your guest or protect maybe even yourself too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From offending people. Um, the reason I, I say that is because, you know, that podcast itself is called I Hope They Hear This. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, could you explain why you even named it that? Yeah, it's um, it started out as I want people to hear things that normally they wouldn't hear. Um, so I, I wanted to be able to reach an audience that um, I found unreachable or maybe or maybe I don't know, there's something where I feel like I need to get this message across to a certain people group or a certain person or or something like that. But it kind of morphed into um, what I'm trying to do nowadays is more of I want people to hear this Asian American experience, right? Um, Mm -hmm. um, There are a lot of, I I guess it's relevant now. um, But there are a lot of things that happen to the Asian American community that kind of gets swept under the rug right so i feel like our stories and our perspectives and our thoughts aren't really put on display as as much as other people's so um yeah it, it's kind of morphed into i hope they hear pretty much our asian american experience and story wow you know i didn't know that in your head that it had evolved like that oh yeah mm-hmm. um for me you know i you know, love the the genesis of it all, where you just wanted a platform for people to share um, their raw thoughts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the reason I find it a little bit ironic is because that was the the intent in the mm-hmm. beginning for you to be raw and for your guests to be raw too. Um, and I always encourage people, hey, my my podcast is about careers, and we try to stay on topic um, with a few, you know personal stories intertwined but I always tell people hey if you want to hear some really just like honest conversation like go listen to I hope they hear this but um all that to say David I feel like you do a great job of facilitating conversation Mm, thank Um, you yeah I mean you know for me that that's kind of challenging at times because like, (laughs) like if I'm honest oh man this is so so vulnerable right now um, and transparent um like sometimes i find it hard to like stay engaged especially virtually mm. you know like stay engaged and like say words to like make the guests know that i'm listening to them yeah yeah you know, <laughs> i know what you mean about. i know what you mean yeah <laughs> um but 
but anyways that's besides the point but you're but you're so good at that I feel like you're so good on staying on topic and also um kind of transitioning into the next mm. next part you guys you don't know it's really hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah okay well no, but, so um, I think so initially like if you listen to my first few episodes where it's just me by myself I mm -hmm. think um, I am pretty raw and unfiltered, mm. but the idea that I have to kind of protect people only really came about when I started having guests. Um, like I, I just, I didn't want, so um, it, it, there was an episode I did with Sarah Peck um, and um, there was something about her career that she said, and she didn't mind saying it. She didn't care that it was in there, but after we recorded, I texted her and said, hey, like, there's that little part where you mentioned this thing. And I know that the chances of anybody at your company listening to this is like practically zero, but I just want to protect you from, you know, someone at your company interpreting that in the wrong way. So I'm just going to edit that part out. And um, yeah, it's it's only because, you know, I, I don't want because, you know, every guest that comes on my podcast, and I'm sure you can relate to this, every guest who comes on, they're doing us a favor. Mm -hmm. right they're taking time out of their day they're sharing their stories with us and i don't want to repay that favor by causing some sort of negative impact to their lives sure absolutely know? um so yeah and i think i tend to kind of uh what's the word dramatize or maybe even i take it to like all these thoughts i take it to the worst like place worst possible mm -hmm. scenario like mm -hmm. I, I see like for example if i mess up at work even if it's something minor my mind immediately goes to how can this snowball into me eventually getting fired mm -hmm. right so like that's the kind of like way that i think it's really unhealthy and it's like yeah it's it's not a good way to think but it's just kind of how i'm wired so mm -hmm. because i'm that way um like any little inkling of possibly hurting my guests like I need to shield them from that because anybody who comes on my podcast is like such a valuable like guest of mine. Like mm -hmm. they're doing me a huge favor, you know, they're buying into the, the mission and, and vision of the podcast, you know, like it's in so many ways, it's an honor to have these people on the podcast. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely resonate with that. And, um, I guess like I I do that unknowingly mm. like I try to I guess I do censor sometimes what I say or even what I ask yeah. because like you know like um, I want to know the juicy stuff too of their jobs and yeah. like what you know what's really going on and um, but same you know what you just said you know wanting to you, they still have to go back to work mm -hmm. you know and just in case someone hears it but at the same time David like like don't you think the guest has like their own responsibility by even coming on, knowing that their life is going to be public in this next hour that you're interviewing them? What do you think about that? No, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and actually, I'm going to ask you this. Do you do this thing? I, before every recording, I ask them, hey, is there any topic that you don't want to talk about? Because I'm going to make sure we clear steer of that topic. Do you do that? 
Yes, I do ask them. And then I say, and they usually say like, oh, no, everything is fine. I'm an open book. Yeah. But, I'm, but I, I, full disclosure, I, I actually say, hey, if I do bring something up that you don't feel comfortable talking about, just say, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. No harm, no foul, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what about you? So you do do that. I, I say exactly that. I even, I even say, if we get into a subject area that you're not comfortable with, tell me and I can edit it out. So that even the mention of that gets removed. I haven't had to do that yet mm -hmm. um, on a large scale like that. I only, I've, I think I've only edited things out twice and it was like really little bits mm -hmm. of it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that they need to be responsible. Um, and I, I'm, I know that they're aware that this is a public platform that anybody who wants to listen can listen. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I still, I think I have a protective side of me where I just, I don't know. No. Yeah. I think that's honestly, David, it's honorable and respectable. I think <laughs> that's why people trust you, you know, mm -hmm. to come on your podcast and be as transparent and vulnerable and raw, you know, mm -hmm. as you ask them to be. So it's mm -hmm. really great. I think it's really great. Yeah. yeah, man. So you were saying like, You've been going into kind of uh, sharing the Asian American experience mm -hmm. for those that don't know or haven't been exposed. And also even just for our community in itself, you know, mm -hmm. to hear the stories yep. and where people have been, um, I think has been so great. Um, and But, you know, you mentioned that culturally, I think things have shifted a little bit, you know, I think I don't know if it's like in the last year, right? that includes a time during the pandemic where um, people are starting to notice the Asian mm -hmm. American experience. And mm -hmm. also I think, you know, a voice is being raised and I mean, you know, that new movie, I think it comes out. Yes. Yeah, Me, Minari. Uh huh. Like, yeah. you know, that's going to even, you know, I had even like um, random people that are not Asian American from like high school, like old, like my, like history, right? Mm -hmm. um, that I don't even talk to anymore. Like message me and text me, like, hey, like, did you see that this movie is coming out? Because I've, because I've like talked to him about it. Like one one example is like my old skating coach texted me, right? And like, mm -hmm. hey, did you see this? And so it's like interesting, right, to mm -hmm. hear and see how culture is shifting and how, I mean, I feel you know your podcast is like right on point, mm. you know with how um, culture and society is learning mm -hmm. about the Asian American experience. But then, sorry, I'm on a tangent right now. No, no. But, um, I love it. Like David and I, my husband, we were talking about like, do I know really what the Asian Amer American experience really is? And the reason we're talking about it, David, is because of your most recent episode, I don't know when this episode is airing. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, y'all, but um, with Pastor David Park. Oh, okay, yeah. It'll be two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, that, that podcast in itself spurred on conversation that we've been talking about this for days, like his, <laughs> your podcast with him. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say and encourage you, David, like, yeah, I mean, and even in my own household, your podcast and this platform is bringing up conversation that I don't think we would ever talk about if we didn't listen to it. 
Wow. So amazing job, man. <laughs> Hopefully they're good conversations. And no, all. yeah. I mean, like, they're just, I mean, just they are good conversations, but conversations that we just would never, I think, bring up hmm. if someone had didn't even present it to us. Hmm. Or especially, you know, because we're so busy with the kids these days, we don't have actually like intellectual conversations right yeah. at this moment in our lives. Yeah. Um, so it's been cool. It's been cool to yeah. to hear and listen to your to your podcast. Um, but anyways, mm. enough about what my life has been like. <laughs> I want to hear about yours, sir. Um, so, um, do you feel like this podcast has changed you as a person in the last 100 episodes? Mm. I think it has. Um, one major thing is, you know, the whole stigma of mental health. Um, that Asian Americans, even for like second generation like us, I, I think it's changing a lot. I think it's shifting, but I think we still have this sense of if we can't manage our own like mentality, then you can't manage those things around you, right? So like it's a sign of strength to be mentally put together, um, and and therefore there's a stigma around seeking mental health help, right? Um, so that was, I was pretty, you know, similar in, in thought process and mindset coming into the podcast. Right. But, um, in talking with different people, um, I've had several, several episodes about like anxiety and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think talking to people who were open and vulnerable about going to therapy and all those things, it really helped destigmatize it for myself as well. So like, I've been seeing, uh, a counselor or a therapist as well mm -hmm. um and yeah I, it's life-changing you know um yeah with anxiety especially during the pandemic lockdown mm -hmm. um it, my anxiety got kicked into high gear and you know it was just uh, just it wasn't fun living you know what i mean like there's a constant pressure of this anxiety that's coming from somewhere and you know like i, I want to quit work you know i wanted to no, I, I even as I even went as far as thinking there might be value in my life ending because of the life insurance money that would go to my family. You know, like I, I don't think I ever got to the point of I'm actually gonna commit suicide or anything like that. But um, my mind did go to a place where I was exploring you know, what is the actual impact to those around me if if my life were to end, not necessarily caused by me, but. You know, like I, I thought about I, I thought about those things and it was triggered by, you know, this anxiety that I was going through. And um, I think because of my Korean American background and, and the culture that we are from, I put myself my put myself in a place where I was thinking, you know, everyone goes through this. Everyone has to work. Everyone has pressures in their lives and everyone else is doing fine. So I should be able to get myself to a place where I can be fine too. Like, I don't need to go seek help. Um, I don't need to do other things to, um, yeah, to get used to this maybe, or to get over this. Um, but the podcast in talking with, uh, several people, um, I mean, shout outs to Selena, cause I actually got, uh, uh, ref referred, uh, from her. So, um, yeah, like I've been going to these sessions. It's been great. Um, I feel a lot better now. I feel, like I know myself a lot better and mm. yeah, it's anxiety is like manageable now. Mm. So it's 
that's a huge thing that's changed. Um, but in terms of like personality, um, I, I don't think so. Um, I think I've always been kind of curious. I've always been kind of interviewing people, um, just not on the podcast. And, you know, whenever I found someone interesting, I would sit down with them and, hey, like, so why do you do this? Like, oh, how does that make you feel? Like, I was always a little bit that way. So um, I don't know if, if that's changed all that much. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's amazing what you said about, yeah, finding mental help mm. for your mental health. And mm. um, so, you know, you said that your anxiety that you're experiencing before has been, um, you're able to manage it better now. So does uh, the therapist and counselor that you see um, give you tools to be able to do that? Yeah. So for me, the biggest issue was that I didn't know where my anxiety was coming from. Mm. Um, so it's it's this, right? Like if you just look at my life at a surface level, like it's great, you know, married to a beautiful wife, I have a beautiful daughter, um, my parents are healthy, they're doing great, in-laws in -laws are d doing well, um, like uh, I have a good job, um, you know, securely in, you know, middle class, there's, there's nothing on the surface level mm -hmm. that should have indicated that I would have any sort of anxiety, you know, like, uh, so I even wrote like a, a short story on this on my on my website um, where this guy like I kind of um, so the, the way that I wrote it is there's a guy and he's like desperate to figure out where the source of his anxiety is coming from and there's an entity that says okay I can show you but like are you sure you want to know and he says yes and and he he opens the door to the source of his anxiety but there's nothing in the room. And then that breaks him even more. So that's the kind of place that I was in. Um, I was in the place where Look, I was thinking. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. So I was in the place of, I have this anxiety, but there's no reason why I should have this anxiety. So I don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. But um, what, I, what happens in therapy is where we get to talk through it. And I get to, like, I'm, I found out where the anxiety was coming from. You know, there were things that I knew in my head, but I had never connected it together to be able to say, oh, like, this is why I'm anxious. Like, I'm, I think this way, and I took this to a, like a unreasonable and irrational place. And that's why I'm having all this anxiety. So the fact that I can identify it clearer and um, kind of, and it's, it's helpful to hear things like when I say things, um, it's helpful to hear someone say, wait, why do you think that way? That sounds really irrational. Like, um, I messed up at work yesterday and, you know, I, I feel like my manager is going to be really mad and, and, and try to fire me. Then mm. she, she'll say, why do you think that way? Like, are you that bad at your job that you're constantly being, you know, scrutinized or scolded or like, they don't like the work that you do? And I'm like, no, I'm usually really, I do good work. And then she'll say, then why would this one mistake alone like warrants a firing so like um there's a, a kind of a more reasonable voice that's helping me process the things that i'm going through and then i, I get to a place of oh yeah that, that is really unreasonable to think that way to um you know turn everything into a doomsday scenario mm. um and, and so being able to do that now i can do that myself right when i do, when something happens that starts to spark my anxiety, like I can really sit down and think through it a little bit more rationally mm. to say, well, is this reasonable? Is this a reasonable uh, response I'm having? Or has my mind just kind of taken it to a crazy place? 
Right, yeah. right. Man, I should see a therapist or yeah. a counselor. No, I, only because, like, I think you're right. You know, there is this, un, I can't even explain it, right? Like, no one taught me, no one taught me going to a therapist or seeking mental help is a bad thing. No one said that. But mm. for some reason, there is this, like, almost sense of pride, you yeah. know, like, that comes with it. It's like, oh, I'm fine. Everything mm. is good, right? Um, but even, I don't I don't experience the same types of anxiety that you do. Um, so I can't completely relate. However, of course, there's worry in my life, right, yeah. that needs to be worked out. And I'm sure a lot of people would benefit. But I do feel... Again, full disclosure, like there is this sense of pride, like, oh, I mean, like, why, why would, how can another person help me with the things that, you know, mm. I think are my problems or I can handle it myself. And I don't, honestly, I don't think it's only Asian Americans, you know, I think yeah. in general, like there is that sense of, oh, well, I don't need someone else to tell me this. Or if you go like, you're crazy or something, mm. you know, something like that. But um, to me, going is the opposite of crazy. It's sane, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but that's amazing, David. That's really awesome. Um, I, I would imagine, too, it's been has, has a positive effect on your family as well. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. You would have to ask Shirley. I don't know if she... I don't know. Because, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm really filtered and when I need to be sure. so I don't know how much of all of this I was going through was apparent to Shirley mm. because I mean I would I would have conversations with her I would let her know but I don't think I really you know let her know the the level of mm. it because I wanted to shield her from because I, I don't want her to think oh is this because he married me or like am I doing something <gasps> wrong that's causing you know, like wow, David, really? <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised because, um, yeah, you're right. I don't. I guess I just didn't imagine the the David Shin that I know, mm -hmm. um, to go to those darker places. Oh yeah, uh, I I go to a lot of dark places. I get, but you know, if I think about it, like uh -huh. your job anticipates the dark places for other companies do you know what i'm mm, saying yeah. like your job is to protect companies from these doomsday situations yeah so it's almost like for your job it's beneficial but, but... yeah yeah well kind of right um i i think to a certain level it's healthy but i think i can admit that the depths in which i go into this darkness is unhealthy mm. right because um i mean because a lot my job a lot of it is statistics right uh, we look at the statistical possibilities of certain things and we plan based on that so we would never plan for a company going under uh because a, a volcano suddenly pops up next to their <laughs> office right, and like right. like that's a zero percent chance i mean <laughs> there might be like a 0.001 chance of that happening but mm -hmm. This is statistically insignificant, so we ignore just crazy situations like that. But um, personally, I think I go to those really crazy, like it would never happen. But be, the fact that there's an inkling of a possibility means that for me, for whatever reason, for whatever 
because of the way that my mind is wired, like I have to explore that possibility and kind of doing it in a unfettered way. It, it, like I kind of get lost in it. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. If you don't have to answer, if you don't feel comfortable, <laughs> yeah, open book today. Um, I'm just curious, like, um, so have you gotten to the point, a point in your counseling where you've been able to find the root to some of why your mind goes to these places? Yeah. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with, um, I, for whatever, and I think I know, I kind of know the reason um, I need to be of value to others to believe that they would value me. Mm. Meaning, for example, um, like, um, like when we first met, I think I, if I weren't, if I were pre, like pre therapy, David, um, I, I would need to like prove to you that there's a value to me. Like, and actually, honestly, I think I did do that. You know, when we first met, it was through Service Network and, you know, we, we were trying to build this thing together. Um, and so I think if I didn't have anything to bring to the table, like I wouldn't have been there. Um, like, I, I don't, I don't think I would have considered my presence enough to befriend people like you. Um, so um, I, I have this thing where I need to ensure that I can provide value and show that I can provide value. Mm. And because of that, um, I, like I go to these dark places because I have to think about, well, in this aspect, I'm not providing value in this aspect. I'm not providing value either, but maybe in this aspect, like I'm, I'm having to explore all of these scenarios mm -hmm. to try to figure out if I can provide value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, in, in that exploration, like I'm like going through like and, and as a, as we're building this relationship, you know, um, with like, you know, within service network, right? I'm building all these relationships with you guys um, because I'm constantly aware that I need to provide value. Like I also on the other end need to keep thinking about what can possibly happen that I would no longer be of value to these people. Because like, once that happens, then these people aren't going to like me anymore. Like, they're going to say, well, David's useless, he can be on his way. So uh, like, I'm like, desperate, desperately clinging to this relationship. And I'm thinking the only way that I can uh, maintain this relationship that I enjoy so much is to constantly be in a place positioned where I can say, Oh, you need help with this, I can provide that value for you. Or, or are you having a bad day, I can provide a joke for you, lighten the mood, like, in whatever ways, right? But in order to be prepared in that way, I need to be prepared on the opposite end, where I'm thinking, what are the scenarios where um, they can, and there's a little bit of an imposter syndrome there too, because mm -hmm. what are the scenarios where they'll figure out that I'm actually of no value at all? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So everything you just processed out loud with me and um where the anxiety is kind of rooted from mm -hmm. um so did you so you did not know this going into therapy or you or you kind of did and were able to process it out loud so i, I knew that i wanted to be of value to people mm -hmm. um i knew that um like i had this fear of 
maybe losing people, um, like or fear of people uh, like not liking me. Okay. Um, but then like all of the little things that connected those things and how that connected to anxiety, because my anxiety was uh, coming from a place of if I lose my job, then I'm not going to be a value to my family. Okay. You know, I can't provide for them. Like all, all those connecting factors, um, I didn't really know. So all the information was in my head. Um, and I, I knew like there were inklings of, yeah, maybe I am trying to like prove my worth to people like that initial thought was there but it wasn't until i actually sat down and said and i really thought through it where i was able to say oh wow i really do do this i, I do this thing where i'm constantly trying to prove to people that i can be valuable to them mm. and I, I realized how exhausting it was because i recognized that i do that um yeah Man, I mean, you know, you and I, we are both people of faith. And I just feel like as you're talking to, it's like you need to identify the the lies in your own life mm -hmm. in order to break the strongholds spiritually too, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I just find it so, I don't really know the word. I mean, I guess, you know, interesting, but also just, um, convicting you know for me yeah. it's like wow like this is real healing that mm. is happening in one's life to get rid of the anxiety and the lies that are rooted so deeply that you can't even really identify unless you have mental help yeah you know sure. man light yeah. bulbs are just going yeah. off for me right now that's yeah that's great that's incredible david mm. i'm really <laughs> happy for you because Again, I think it takes courage to even make those steps mm. and get over yourself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think the first step really was like it was the best part of it. Um, being able to admit that I, I need help, you know, mm -hmm. being able to admit to myself I need help and and saying, let's go seek help. And then finally seeing that, oh, this is actually gonna help, I think was the biggest kind of right. healing factor for me. Right. Yeah, cuz you know like 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 I explained before, I was in a really like hopeless like space, headspace mm -hmm. where I was thinking there's no there's nothing I can do about this because the anxiety is coming from nowhere. There's no source of it. So mm -hmm. I, there's no way I can get rid of it, right? So um but kind of getting rid of that lie, right? And getting to a place of, oh, I'm seeking help and this is I can actually see this improving my life. Like that was huge for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. So good. Um, so episode 100. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, do you like have a long term goal for the podcast? I, I don't have, know if you've thought about it, but so I have kind of a really lofty goal, um, like a dream goal that I don't like I'm okay if it doesn't happen. And I have a more practical goal. Okay, I want to hear both. Okay, yeah. So the practical goal is to be able to showcase um, Asian American stories for for as long as I can, mm. right? Like that, that's I'm I'm honestly I can say I'm satisfied with that. Like I don't even need monetary gains. Like I, I just want to be able to put our story out there, um, and um, even with listener count, um, yeah. I mean, I, I get around a hundred listens per episode these days. Well, is it a hundred? 
So the most recent ones, cool. not everyone has listened. So it, it fluctuates from like 100 to like 150. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's not great, but I'm, I think I'm okay with it. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, like you were saying, like even you are having conversations in your own household. Um, yeah, like, I, if being able to spark people's like dialogue um, that they have with other people and getting our stories out there. And just the fact that it's out there also, um, I'm satisfied with, cause you know, it's not like if you miss it, you're never gonna be able to hear it, it's out there. So um, anyone who wants to go back and listen to past episodes, they can listen. So yeah, um, a listener count, I don't really have any goals there. I just wanna be able to maintain this on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the goal, right? Um, I mean, and if, if I had to put like a date to it, I think I will be, I think I'll be satisfied if I get to a, a episode like 500. I think like if I got there, I think I'd be like, okay, maybe I can stop. Um, but like, if you think about it, that's like 10 years worth of podcast. If, if you go at a weekly level. That's crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah. See you on podcast 500. David. <laughs> if, if I get there, I'll definitely ask you back to yes. do the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the practical goal. And uh, I think it's, I don't think it's completely unreasonable to, to do that. Um, but my really like high up there lofty goal is um, to be able to uh, make enough of an enough money from the podcast to not have to work mm. at my job. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that is really tied to, you know, listenership. So like, I would have to li- like increase my listenership by a lot things like that. But yeah, those are kind of the two goals I have. I'm probably going to try to aim for somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's the dream. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, no. Um, I feel like for sure episode 500 is definitely doable. I don't think you would stop there though. Because like, you know, your kid, your kid will be grown oh, yeah. and you'll have more time to yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what I think. To right. Myself. Yeah. Like Eli and Zoe will be more older and then I, I will have more time to tell people's stories as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, oh, so, OK. Also, like I wanted to know um, how much time actually goes into um making your podcast from the interview to mm. editing to all of it yeah it, so recording it takes like an hour hour maybe hour 30 um and in terms of editing i don't really do a ton um so i would say maybe two hours per episode mm. yeah, do you my, listen to the whole thing no i don't okay, okay. <laughs> so i skip around just to kind of do like a quality check uh-huh, uh-huh. um but I typically don't, uh, unless there's a reason to, unless like I want to like remind myself of something that happened somewhere, um, I typically don't listen. So yeah, and you know, my like social media isn't as professional as the When I Grow Up uh, podcast. So it doesn't take me that, (laughs) I imagine it takes you much longer, right? For what? For for your episodes, like preparing and editing Uh, all that. I mean, honestly, if I'm, honest like i just show up for the interview and then david my my david mm-hmm. my husband does the rest <laughs> but like he doesn't mind so like you know if I, I guess if i were editing it i would remember like where 
and when like if there was like some sort of sound issue mm. or something happened and I wanted to edit out or something which rarely happens it's usually a sound issue like a it, the sound dropped or there's like clinking in one area and he'll redo that part but um he listens to the whole thing I think one because he wants to hear it yeah and then two is for like I I can't always remember where <laughs> like this I should just write it down but I don't um sorry honey but <laughs> um best husband ever yeah best husband <laughs> but you know like okay so I don't know why you don't listen to it maybe because of time but for me I you know I don't really listen afterwards because I hate hearing myself <laughs> you know I I will say this I was. I was that way as well. Uh, for the first maybe year uh -huh. of recording, um, I didn't like, I just didn't like my voice. But I don't know what happened, but there was a moment where it kind of switched and I stopped minding my voice. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. So I don't know, maybe you'll get there too. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I just, I don't listen mostly because of time. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, with a kid and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, you, you used to meet your guests in person mm. and I never did that. Right. Mine has been virtual for the last episode, like, you know, the whole entire time. Mm. So has it been different for you? I, I feel like it would be different. It's, it's very different. It's yeah. The one thing I don't like about virtually doing these is, um, the conversational aspect of it gets lost a little bit. So I, like I, for us, it's, it's okay because you know we have good internet connections but some people um when they don't have good internet there's a lag um yes. between when i say something <laughs> when, yeah right exactly so the whole like oh like we're talking and then there's a little bit of like overlap of speech because like we're trying to like discuss something like that's that can happen in real life when you're recording together and that's perfectly fine it, does, it doesn't mess up the sound or anything like that because it's you know natural conversation but when you do that on zoom um it it sounds really weird like you're talking and they're saying something else and like it doesn't line up so when i do zoom conversations like this i i'm very careful not to have that like talking over each other thing happen like when someone starts talking i immediately like stop talking and let them finish you know um so the being able to kind of grow the the dialogue and conversation organically, it's, it's a lot harder on Zoom, I think. Yeah. No, definitely. I definitely can agree and resonate with that. I find myself like just waiting. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. To make sure, you know, and I don't want to interrupt. And even like, um, like, you know, affirming the person as they're talking, like, oh, yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes, I understand. Or like things like that. I, you know, if you just listen to the podcast, you don't know that I'm affirming the person by just nodding my head, right? But it's because I don't want to interrupt right. the sound or anything. And like you said, there's a lag sometimes. And most of the times my guests are so understanding about it. And I'm sure yours are too. Uh -huh. But yeah, I just was curious about how it was for you. Because I feel like it would just be more enjoyable honestly if it was in person i mean like when i did my episode with on your podcast mm -hmm. um I, it was really a lot of fun because it was just like conversing with my friend yeah and this is similar but but there's a you're right there's like a 
kind of lost in translation kind of filter because yeah. I think it's virtual. And, and the thing I like, I really liked about being able to meet people in person is I record at my house, so I'll invite them over. So a lot of times it was either we had dinner beforehand and then we recorded or we recorded and then we went out to go get dinner or like something like it was actual relationship building. Yes. Um, but then it's like, I feel like I'm missing out on because I've had so many great guests um, mm. virtually and it's that aspect of it, being able to grow that relationship further, um, I feel like has been a real, real uh, missed opportunity mm -hmm. that I've, it's been really like Ashiwa, like, mm -hmm. I, yeah. But, yeah. and you know, funny story, I mean, uh, we talk about kind of lag and audio issues. The episode before this with EJ, um, oh. if you listen to it, um, the first like 10 minutes of his audio sounds different from like the last fifth, like hour. And that happened because um, there was uh, there was some internet issues and I actually had to stop him mid sentence to say, hey, can you actually turn on your phone and start recording on your phone and send me the audio after? Yeah, because I usually do that, but for some reason I didn't do this with EJ. Um, um, so I the beginning portion is recorded on his like AirPod, but then the rest of it, I had to like edit it in. Um, using the phone audio that he sent me. So. Oh, but you know, I'm glad that you did that. And usually, I feel like usually people are understanding because mm -hmm. they want to sound fine too, mm -hmm. you know, on the audio. But yeah, I, it's kind of awkward though. Because yeah. I've done that before too. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like there is this clanking sound <laughs> coming from somewhere. Yeah. And it, it's not going to work, so like, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, okay, okay. Well, I'll have to listen for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. inside information, you yeah. guys, like, on podcasting. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, David, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or share on this special episode that, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, next time I can come and interview you, man, I'm a busy person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, yeah. you guys. But um, no, but seriously, like, was there anything that you wanted to say or um, talk about? Yeah, I think there's one thing. Um, yeah. And in the spirit of being unfiltered today, because... I'm probably immediately going to go back to being filtered once I have other guests. Um, but, you know, um, your podcast also is about, you know, giving Asian Americans kind of uh, uh, a model of how to like what careers are out there available for, I mean, not necessarily just for Asian Americans, but to be able to, you know, show that, hey, like we have people like us doing these jobs out there, right? So it's, really catering to the Asian Americans, right? And um, I, I, like I said, with my podcast, I'm trying to showcase the Asian American story and experience. Um, so, I mean, recently, uh, I don't know if you've seen on the news, but there have been a lot of um, things happening to the Asian American community. And it hasn't really been on the news per se. It's been, I've been reading up on it through social media and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but this is going to be a, a unpopular opinion, but I'm just going to say it because, yeah, I I think it's really admirable. Um, and and I okay, so let me preface it with this. I understand, you know, the BLM movement was super important. Um, I understand the history of slavery and I understand police brutality, all of that. 
And it's really important to talk about, to keep talking about it and to keep fighting against it, right? But there has been this thing that I've noticed that Asian Americans say, you know, all of these things are happening to us, but if it's being perpetrated by people of color, um, it's not because of them. It's not their fault. It's because of white supremacy that this is happening. And I understand, you know, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I, I don't study it or anything like that. So I don't know if that's an actual factual thing or not. But the thing that makes me sad is I wonder if we're taking away our ability to really grieve the moment properly. Um, because as Asian Americans, I think we do have this thing of we got to cater to other people first. Right. Like that's kind of part of our culture, like our Confucius background where um, we don't. Yeah, it's like the collective before the individual. Right. So I think um, the intent is really admirable and I understand why people are adding that disclaimer. But I wish we had a chance to just say, hey, this thing is happening to us and it really sucks. Like even before, like saying other things to protect other people or, or to say, well, like, this is the like situation and, you know, like the, the, like, forget all of that for a second. And I just want to be able to say, man, this, it sucks that it's happening to our people. Like it, I've seen some videos and they're like attacks on elderly people. Like, and I, it, if that happened to my grandfather or my grandmother, I would just say that sucks. Like, I want to be pissed off in this moment. I just want to be mad and I want to, be able to process process this before like protecting other people or 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 saying something to you know seem politically correct and all of that so i just yeah and again i i did give the disclaimer that this would be an unpopular opinion but um yeah i just want to verbally give permission to all the asian americans listening to this right now to take a moment and just be upset about it um, before thinking about other people. Um, and I, I think that's really important because um, I, I, when I talked about anxiety with uh, Andy Un on my podcast a long time ago, um, something that he said really stuck with me was, um, I, I was explaining to him an experience I had with uh, like my mom. Um, and I the way that I was wording everything was, like this happened, but it wasn't my mom's fault. My mom was doing everything that she could, but like I was feeling this way. But you know, I totally understand why my mom did this. And then he stopped me and said, hey, like, don't worry about what your mom was going through. Don't try to like understand what the reality of it was. I want you to just um, explain and, and walk through and think about your perceived reality. Like what was happening to you? Like not about like, we all understand that you know, everyone has their own stories, but in order to process this, I want you to just think about what was happening to you, like how you were feeling. And I think it, it's a similar situation right now. Like I want us to be able to understand and think about what's happening to us before, like before trying to look at reality, let's look at our perceived reality first. What is happening to us? Like how is it making us feel? Mm. Um, so yeah. That's, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I can see and understand why you would think and believe that it would be an unpopular uh, opinion, opinion or topic. Um, but I don't disagree with it myself. You know, I think 
Uh, I haven't looked into it very much. I just know what's coming up on my own social media. And I got caught wind of it pretty early on um, just because of some of the outlets that I, the feeds that I follow too. And um, that's the first thing that came to my mind too. Like is like, sure, like there's a bigger picture, Mm. but all I could think about too were my grandparents. Mm. Like how horrible, like that people uh, that look like myself are being targeted. Like, and then I thought, because this is happening in the West Coast a lot, right? right? And um, I thought, oh my gosh, I should call my grandparents Mm. and just tell them to like really be careful. Because like, it was scary, you know, to think about. And um, just to think about like my grandpa walking down Long Beach and just someone... I mean, I've seen the videos, you know, they're pretty graphic. And I, it's like almost like unreal, like what was caught on video, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I appreciate your unfiltered opinion, David, because again, it brings up feelings that should be talked about, but maybe people are scared to because they don't, you know, like I, was it you that I was talking to this about? Just like this fear of offending people, you know, all the time Mm -hmm. and just like always thinking about that. I can't remember who I was talking to about it with, but, um, but instead of worrying about that, like, yeah, yeah, just being able to experience and really grieve is what you were saying. And I, I really appreciate that. And thank you for giving those that it might be unpopular, but I think the permission is sometimes needed, you know? And so that's, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Um, Well, David, I really enjoyed this unfiltered you, (laughs) like truly. And I think it was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. No, It was truly an honor. You know, um, yeah. So just to give people a little bit of a a background story, I first approached Blair and said, hey, 100 episodes coming up. I want to... Like the initial idea was uh, just to have a podcaster's like vent session. Right, right. Uh, but I really liked the idea of you like kind of interviewing me. Um, it, it was fresh. So I, I'm, I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for preparing. And, you know, because this isn't even your podcast, but you you like hosted it, you know, as if you, it were your own. So thank no, you so much. it was my pleasure. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed um, some of the things we got to chat about today. So mm-hmm. thanks again, David. And hey, man, congratulations. <laughs> I, like, seriously, like, if you don't, I mean, pe- most people are going to be like, woohoo, big deal, 100 <laughs> episodes. But for real, I'm your number one cheerleader. And I, or after Shirley, of course. <laughs> and, um, and I, like, know how much time and effort and even just thought that goes to putting these episodes out, you know, week to week. Um, I remember when you got through a year. I feel like in the beginning, that was kind of your goal, right? Yeah. To, like, just go through one year. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, he did it. <laughs> He did it. That's crazy. Because, you know, David, my David, challenged me too. Like, because at first I was like, I'll do like bi-weekly. Hmm. Yeah, you know? I remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, it's too much. But then he was like, no, man, you got to put them out every week. So it's like, it's a lot to think about, set up guests and stuff. So hmm. truly um, amazing. Congratulations. 100 episode, guys. And I, you know, on behalf of David, um, you guys, the listeners, it's all because of you guys, truly. Yes. 
Um, well, yeah. David, thanks again for your vulner vulnerability, transparency, and the unfiltered you today. <laughs> I want to encourage you, you know, to be more unfiltered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> protect no. your guests. Protect your guests. You know, honestly, <laughs> this is this is kind of fun. Uh, not having to being able to just be unfiltered. Maybe maybe I'll be. I'll think about it. Like 50%. 50 <laughs> yeah, percent yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I know it's your your podcast, David, but before we end, you know, I just want I, I think you'll be okay with it. Yeah. Um, but like um if you have questions about mental health or mental help getting it or questions about podcasting, um, let me tell you, David is your guy. Um, so please feel free to reach out to him through direct message or how, what, what's your email address? Yeah, it's ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. Sweet. Yeah. So you guys know how to contact David. Um, he is an open book. Yes. Uh, <laughs> usually. I, I, I can Sometimes. be. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But he will be. I will be, yes. If you request it, I will be an open yes. book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Have a good night. You too. Thanks, Blair.